Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is is useful, but it's not always a substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Enjoy the podcast. Mental, mental Health, health Monday. Monday! Thanks for checking out another Riggs Off the Radio podcast. It's Mental Health Monday. I'm Riggs from Riggs and Alley on 103.7 KISS FM. If you're not in Wisconsin, that's a morning show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Check it out sometimes. We're funny, but only sometimes. We've covered a lot of topics ranging from things like anxiety, OCD, PTSD. We've even talked to some doctors. If this is the first Mental Health Monday podcast you're checking out, I would encourage you to go back and check out the other ones. They're really awesome. I've even got some future episodes planned. We're talking about eating disorders and depression with doctors from Rogers Behavioral Health. And of course, people, mostly men, who struggle with mental health every day and are open and honest about their story and their recovery. This week, we're going to talk to another man of Mental Health Monday, our first ever write-in person for Mental Health Monday, somebody that's listened to one of the share their story. Today, I want to introduce you to uh, my friend Kevin. He's been a follower of the Mental Health Monday podcast, sent me a note, wanted to share his story, because I think in addition to information, Mental Health Mondays can be therapeutic with stories, hearing stories of people, men, mostly who struggle with mental illness. Hearing positive stories of recovery can help you know that you're not alone. You might hear a story from someone that you can relate to. You're not alone in your mental health struggle. Other people may share the same struggles that you face every single day. So let's get into Kevin's story. Why does he feel he should be featured on Mental Health Monday? Well, Kevin has struggled with anxiety his entire life. He's a young guy. He's in his low 20s. Lost his dad to cancer when he was much younger. Almost lost his mom with cardiomyopathy back in 2008. Struggled with anxiety his whole life. Generalized anxiety disorder. Major depressive disorder. He's even struggled with suicide attempts. But he's very open and honest about his mental health. And it helps him navigate his waters in his everyday life. He did include a quote in his email that he wanted to put in the interview, but we forgot. I told him I'd put it in afterwards. The quote from Tupac Shakur from the song Thug's Mansion. Are you ready for the whitest thing ever, a white guy reading the quote? But it makes sense. I cry at times I once contemplated suicide and would have tried. But when I held that nine, all I could see was my mama's eyes. The quote will make a lot more sense when you hear Kevin's story for Mental Health Monday. Now, you've struggled with mental illness pretty much your whole life, right? Uh, exactly my whole life. You were younger? I mean, you can pinpoint it back to when you said you lost your dad when you were a kid, right? Yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say that that's the exact cause. I would okay. um, say that that affects more of my relationship mm-hmm. dynamic. Uh, it's very hard to trust people. Both friends and just colleagues, anyone. I always have trouble respecting men. 
because I never really had a man to respect in my life. Right. I mean, I did. I had uncles. Sure. I had a grandpa, but, you know, they, they weren't around right. all the time. You lost your dad, and then your mom was kind of in and out of relationships. Yeah, so I said. lost my dad when I was four to esophagus cancer. Okay. Which is a very rare cancer. Yeah. Uh, usually only comes from asbestos. Uh, did he work in the trades as well? Kind of in that back in the day when a lot of asbestos was everywhere? He was, he was a CFO for a mental hospital. Really? Actually, the largest mental chain in the United States. Which so, is what? Do you know? Uh, Charter Mental. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he was actually the CFO. So um, you've had family tied to mental health. Yeah, me- it, mental I, health. I, I, ironic. Yeah, very. Um, I actually... Family history on dad's side, yeah. mental health wise, not looking great. I've no. got at least two uncles and cousins that have ADHD. We've got depression, alcoholism runs in the family, multiple. Yeah. Uh, I can name two cousins and uncles, both cousins and uncles, that yeah. have alcoholism, have been to rehab, right? Uh, don't drink anymore. I have an aunt that doesn't drink anymore. And I'd say. You know, mental health wise, I was not dealt a good deck. No, you weren't given a good hand as a kid. No, because you said you've had you've been diagnosed with general anxiety disorder. Is what you said? Yeah, I'm just going off your email. What you sent me? What you sent me? A great bio. Everything. Kevin sent me an an interesting bio of himself, (laughs) and I was like, "This is perfect. We're just going to walk through this, and it's how we do the interview." Yeah. Um, um, So, general anxiety disorder. General anxiety Uh disorder and major depression. Depressive disorder. Depressive disorder. Basically clinical depression okay same thing interchangeable right um so you know some days i'm great some days i'm not Uh everybody has their ups and downs it's when it's when the mental illness takes when it takes control of your life is when it becomes a mental illness yeah everybody gets stressed it's to a point when it affects you physically and it affects your day and it's almost visceral and it sounds like that's what you get because you said earlier today even it hits you hard at work truck Just worrying about nothing. Stupid stuff. Like, yeah. even as a teen, I remember my friend telling me a story that his dad told him what pot smells like. Okay. He was like, you know, it's this piney smell. Like Which, by the way, it's not. Not that I know what it smells like. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the devil's <laughs> lettuce smells like. The devil's lettuce. But uh, I would walk around and I'd be like... Is that pot? Am I going to get a contact high? Am I going to become a drug addict? Like, those are such irrational thoughts for a teenager to be having. Yeah. And that really messed with me for a long time. Uh, At one point, I even kind of abandoned my friends because they showed up at my house baked one time. And you thought, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm not going to get a a drug life. I actually wanted to be a cop at one time. Really? And then I realized I couldn't take someone else's life if I needed to. So, yeah. And I really didn't want to expose myself to that because if you look at statistics, most cops end up killing themselves, unfortunately, or yeah. suffering from alcoholism or depression. Well, I know PTSD is a big thing with it, anybody in the EMT or law enforcement, all that stuff. It's not just military people. Anybody You're can right. have PTSD. Anyone. Yeah. You're right. Um, one thing, how do you, you seem to be very open about talking about your mental health. Do you yeah. think that kind of helps you going through the day? Because you know you have up days and down days, but you're very open about it. You don't seem to push your feelings down and hide no. things. You seem to be, uh, well, you wear your heart on your sleeve kind of guy, you know? I, I am sometimes, but you know, everyone suppresses some things. Sure. Especially men. Men are the worst yeah. at it. We are the worst at being irresponsible and not dealing with our feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just very accurate. push pushes deep down. But, um, you know, eventually... I've just been through so much. Like, yeah. uh, my mom had a heart transplant. and Car- um, uh, What is it? Cardiomyopathy? Yeah, myopathy? so that basically just means you have a, a, an enlarged heart. 
and your heart is weak. I know a nine-year-old girl that had that. Her yeah. name is Lily. <laughs> I know a little girl that had the we same actually, thing. We uh, actually had to have a pediatrician surgeon. You did? Who uh, did my mom's surgery. Wow. It was crazy, dude. My so you, mom actually died, technically. She, oh, like well, on like, the table? Well, so, like, yeah, when the heart landed, her chest cavity was completely empty. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'd had lungs in it, but no heart. So she was technically pulseless. Which except for a machine. Kept alive by machines. But yeah, but she was actually kept alive with another machine before the heart transplant called a ventricular assisting device. Ventricular assisting device. So basically there's a motor around the heart that is constricting it and pushing uh, blood through. Uh-huh. Um, she was actually technically pulseless, so like you couldn't put a stethoscope to her and hear her pulse, so that really scared every ER that we went into ever. They were like, <gasps> she doesn't have a pulse. And I'm like... No, she does have a pulse, and this is how you find it. Sure. Yeah. Do you have brothers or sisters? Are you an only I'm child? I'm an only child. Uh-huh. Um, I was actually born via IVF. My really? parents tried for six years to have children, and there were some miscarriages and so on. Yeah, a lot of struggles. A couple struggled a with that, too. A lot of struggles. Yeah. Um, and finally, they had me, and my mom actually has a pinky ring. And that's called like the baby ring. My dad gave it to her before he passed away. Right. To symbolize, you know, we finally had a kid together. Yeah. And she lost it one time, and I've never heard anyone more hysterical. She lost the pinky ring. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she misplaced it. It was in a car, but right. She had everyone looking for it. What would you say to men that have uh, similar issues as you? Guys that deal with anxiety, guys that deal with depression, guys that are hiding it that don't want to it's talk about it. It's hard to admit that you have a problem to it your is. family and to your, to people that you trust. But everyone has that one person that they can trust with just about anything. Yeah. And you need to approach that person and just share your feelings. I mean, it's hard to admit to your mom that you want to kill yourself or that you thought about killing yourself. That's, or that you think you're worthless and that there's, a, there's not a voice, but your conscious constantly resorts to the thought that you're worthless and that... Maybe you should just give up. It's very hard to tell another person. Yeah. Well, you think it's weak. They, well, they think you're weak. You think that they're going to think you're weak. Yeah. And that you're... They think a lot of... I mean, there's a variety of things that they can think of. I mean, you really don't know what to expect. You're basically putting yourself out there. Which is tough to do in any situation. Whether it be at, you know going in for a job interview, going after a girl, going out there for... It's the worst. Putting yourself out there. You know? Yep. You're doing the same thing. You're sticking yourself out there. You're sticking your neck out. But it's... I bet at the end of the day it's very cathartic to get that off your chest and have somebody say oh, that is honestly Riggs the best feeling when I told my mom and my aunt that I had suicidal ideology for most of my life suicide ideology you've heard yeah. about this before but yeah, it's basically no, it. fantasizing about suicide but not actually going through with not it not technic- uh, yes yes fantasizing um, different people have different experiences like uh, thinking about you know do, if I died how would I do it um, before my mom got her heart transplant, actually, the day my mom got her heart transplant, I planned to kill myself. Before you I thought got that, that she call. was because you thought she was going to die. No, I was just part of that. You know, I thought she was going to die. I've got a shitty job. What am I going to do with myself? This is not where I thought I was living, Illinois. So that'll depress anyone. Yeah, and uh, fibs. Fibs. I lived in Chicago, so it was really bad. If you're not from here, FIB stands for f***ing Illinois Bastards. Yeah. F-I-B. Uh, F-I-B. <laughs> They're almost as bad as people who don't put their license plate stickers in Ooh, the right place. Don't get me started. Don't crank my chain on the ass hats, but, bro. But, you know, don't. that day I, I honestly didn't want to live. 
um, it was it was a, it was a dark day for me. Um, what brought you around to, back to the light to know this is not the decision to make because it's not. Well, Did so I, it, dark day started at like you know six a.m. I had to drive downtown, and it was around eight a.m. that I arrived to where I needed to be, and I distracted myself with work. I thought maybe I'll die on the way home, just crashing on the median or the barrier, make it look like an accident, not leave a note, and then. I got the call from my mom who said, Kevin, I just received a phone call from the hospital. It's finally happening. They have a heart for me. It's high risk. And then we talked about some things like, uh, it was very high risk. I don't want to get into the the specifics about the donor. No, no. But uh, it was actually Halloween night. And uh, she told me not to come home right away. And I'm like, Mom, we've been waiting 14 months for this, and you're telling me not to come home? I'm always I astonished. I instantly called my boss. He's very, very understanding. He told me, whenever this moment happens, man, go. Go. It's good Don't to even some, think about it. Good to have support like that. Send him a text. Yep. And I was like, man, it, I'm not joking right now. It's finally happening. Yeah. My mom has been spared. Yeah. And she's been given a heart because it was very hard to get her there. She was a smoker and drinker, and you have to be a year sober. I would, uh, I would imagine to be on the just, transplant list because well, they just, obviously don't want someone to receive a heart and then just trash and it, then just trash it, <laughs> well, you know, with you know, rightfully so, or a kidney, any whatever, of those, whatever it may be. So it took a lot. And did your mom struggle with drinking and alcoholism as well? She won't admit it, but yes, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. At one point in her life, she was killing like three bottles, two bottles of wine at night. Yeah. And uh, smoke like a chimney sometimes. Um, but, you know, she doesn't smoke a single cigarette now. She hasn't smoked a single cigarette in almost two years. That's amazing. Uh, she doesn't drink a lot anymore. The heart's still ticking just fine. Everything's working oh, great. Yeah. She's Good. healthy as clam. Yeah. You know, they, you know, she was itching to get back to work. Yeah. She loves her job, and that's what she does. Do you find it almost serendipitous that the day you were contemplating taking your life, your mom got, you got the call from your mom? Yeah. I've thought about it really deeply, and it's like... I mean, I don't want to get into religion or anything, but thats it's kind of a... Yeah, dude, that's a... It's a very powerful moment, I would think, it for is, you. and I'm not even religious, and I've thought about it like yeah. that. I'm like, well, shit, maybe there is a God. There's something. There's <laughs> something looking out for that's you. that's pretty coincidental. Yeah. I mean, when I say I plan to kill myself, I want it like 100%. Like, you know, I was really thinking about worse than I ever have as a teenager. I mean, sure, I've attempted suicide before. And thank God the doorknob didn't hold. Yeah. But this was a different day. This was definite. Like, I was going to make it happen. Yeah. Because I just wasn't feeling it. And uh, to describe that feeling, I was just like, I just literally felt numb. Yeah. But now that I've, you know, found help, uh, got some medication, some antidepressants, yeah. honestly changed me a lot. Like, I didn't expect it to affect me at all. I was like, I've taken so much medication before. I mean, I've prescribed almost everything in the book for yeah. ADHD. So I wanted to circle back to a point in your email. You talked about how you've had several concussions. So when I suffered a concussion, I went to a specialty clinic. You suffered a concussion how? Would you play football? Oh, yeah. Was so it- I actually suffered three concussions. Gee, many Christmas. Three? Playing three, what? all football? from sports. Uh, what kind two, of sports? Two from lacrosse. Okay. One from football. And I played soccer all my life. Yeah. And I was goalie so i definitely got hit in the head a lot yeah my doctor predicted at least five plus maybe six i have concussions yeah that's his prediction and he's actually you know one of the few 
200 physicians in the nation that specialize in concussions and sports medicine. And uh, he estimated around six. Uh, I had a brain scan done. The first time it's called an uh, what's called an artifact that shows up on someone's MRI uh, CT scan. It's it's a weird anomaly, mm-hmm. and they don't understand it. Uh, a lot of the times, a cancer patient will be told that the first time, so I freaked out yeah. because they want to do a second scan. And uh, it turns out I have two lesions in my front temporal lobe, like right around here and here. From sports? Most likely. Unless your mom dropped you when you were a kid. Yeah, unless my mom (laughs) dropped me when I was a kid or did hard drugs when I was a baby. But she did none of those. So, you know, it couldn't be anything. So I've actually, I've joined the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Basically, it's a nonprofit. That studies brains. Have you ever heard of CTE? Cerebral. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, CTE actually stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Concussion. Yeah, concussion and NFL highlights. NHL too. And a lot of you know professional athletes have killed themselves, and then when an autopsy is done, it's found that they have CTE. So uh, there's one fact in every NFL game or every football game that includes Pee Wee. There's at least one concussion that's suffered every game. Oh, yeah. And it, you don't have to be a quarterback. It doesn't, doesn't you matter have, your position. Yeah, you could be the defensive end. Yeah. You don't even have to have technically head-to-head contact. No. My concussion in lacrosse had really the serious one. I had to have six Yours was head-to-head, head, boom. No, actually. Uh, I was at the midfield line. Basically, the ball is rolling towards us, and we can't cross that line. Yeah. So I've got my stick over someone else's stick. And, uh, well, turns out my teammate... Uh, went to hit someone else and he kind of juked him and my teammate ended up hitting me. Oof. Not even full body contact but I didn't expect to be hit. I mean, I'm defense. I don't get hit. You can't hit me. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, basically, uh, I went fully horizontal with the ground and landed head first. Wow. And then I popped right back up and I remember looking at the, the, the sidelines. Everyone's like, get down. Because they down. can't, they can't call like a an official timeout <laughs> unless I'm lying down and injured, <laughs> and I'm confused. That's that that's what happens. Is that what it feels like when you get a concussion? You're just dizzy, you see stars. Yeah, you, you see stars. Uh, I faded in and out of consciousness. Wow. Thank God that I had a coach who was also a firefighter and a coach that was a medical student. So I was in great hands. I never used to remember the months as a kid. I would always mix up. <laughs> April, March, May, and June. <laughs> what? But for some reason, I got it spot on in backwards order while I was concussed. With December to January? Yeah. Wow. It was, dude, it was, it was hard. Can you, but I did it. can you still do it now to this day? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Seriously, I still <laughs> have to the like, there, check you know? the numbers, man. It's, right. it's bad. Well, you got an interesting story, man. Thanks. That's a very cool story, and I thank you for sharing it today. No problem. Because who knows? Somebody might relate to it, and that's all I want to do with this podcast is talk to dudes, exactly. talk to men, because men are shitty at talking about their feelings. No, they really are. Yeah. And like I said, it's hard, but you need to find someone that you can confide in, and once you find that person, the right person, yeah. thank God I've got several, and you can talk to them about your problems. Yeah. Talk to them, then eventually talk to a doctor, get some help if you need to. Exactly. There's resources online, too, that are not bad. It's not tainted advice in the mental health industry. It's very straightforward, I think. It is. I think you can pretty much Google depression, and you'd be, for the most part, you'd be safe. I mean, I, I would, I mean, I would recommend, like, you know, the .govs and the .edu's that look for the yeah, 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 the obvious smart sources. Right. Kevin, thanks for reaching out. No, thank you, man, for 
doing this. I hope hopefully, hopefully this was therapeutic for you too. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, it's I've told it. A, I mean, you're not like the first or maybe the fifth person I've told, but you know, I've talked about it. I've been pretty open, sure, to a lot of people about it. So it's like, like you've just witnessed. I've, uh, you know, it's pretty easy for me to talk about it. Yeah, I don't really mind sharing it. I don't feel that you're going to judge me. I don't feel like anyone should feel like that because it doesn't make you weak to no. talk about your feelings, and that's the problem. As a man, we think that we have to be strong. And I think know, it's actually stronger to reach for, reach out for help. I think it's stronger to really talk about how you're feeling. You are a stronger human being to be able to talk about your feelings to a stranger, especially a doctor. Yeah, it's not easy. Nice. They ask some pretty weird questions. Yeah, they do. Well, they're just troubleshooting your brain. That's all they're doing. <laughs> That's nice. True. Well, thanks again. No problem, man. It's hard to tell your story sometimes. You could tell it was hard for Kevin to tell his story a little bit, but once you get it out there, it feels so much better. Kind of like the first time you change the oil on your car. You don't think you can do it because somebody else has been doing it your whole life. But once you do it yourself and you realize how freaking easy it is, so much better. I don't. Did I just compare mental health to changing the oil on your car? Maybe I did a little bit. Because sometimes it's good to change the oil in the old brain, clean it out, right? In the coming weeks, Mental Health Monday, we'll be talking to a couple more of our doctor friends from Rogers Behavioral Health about eating disorders and depression. That's the big one. Everybody wants to talk about depression. Actually, everybody doesn't want to talk about depression. That's the problem. That's why we're going to talk about depression. Being that we did talk about suicide in this episode, if you are struggling with thoughts of suicide, you need someone to talk to, and you don't feel like you can talk to anyone in your inner circle, you can always call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-8255. If you're more comfortable sending a text, you can text the word hello to 741-741 for the crisis text line. There's always somebody listening. You don't have to suffer alone, man. For Riggs Off the Radio, this has been another Mental Health Monday. Enjoy the rest of your day, morning, night, evening, whatever you're doing. Make good life decisions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.